his hair. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, folks, we have to accept the fact that there are individuals in this country who uh, control levers of influence and power who simply do not share our founding principles. That is, they do not share the values that you and I have. And many of them are located in certain areas of the country in a bubble. Washington, D.C., New York City in particular, the Los Angeles area. These people conduct themselves as elites. Now, they're not elites in the sense that they're more intelligent or they're more experienced or they're more accomplished. They're elites in the sense that they've managed to claw their way or even walk their way into positions of authority to influence our fellow citizens or to control the levers of power. That's what's playing out. That's what you see on TV every night and every day. That's what you read in the newspapers. I look at this judge, Emmett Sullivan. Emmett Sullivan today was more like Emmett Kelly. You know, folks, judges are of flesh and blood, too. They're human beings. Some are better than others. Some have better days than others. Emmett Sullivan had a very, very bad day. He did not conduct himself like a jurist. He was immature. He popped off. I don't care what his history is in the Ted Stevens case and so forth. I read everything available at what took place in that courtroom, and he was out of control. And this can happen when you have a lifetime appointment, when you have a big case, when the media are clogging the courtroom and you know the media are going to report on what you say. And during the morning, this judge, flesh and blood, accused a retired lieutenant general, three-star general, a hero of treason. He doesn't know Michael Flynn. All he knows is the little pieces of information that have been presented to him. He doesn't know the circumstances of Michael Flynn's life, why he decided to plead, that there is a legal gun pointed to his head. And all day long, I have to hear on cable TV, but Flynn lied, didn't he? Flynn lied, didn't he? Flynn lied, didn't he? Comey lied by testifying in front of Congress. McCabe lied, the deputy director of the FBI. Stroke and Page, they lied. Eric Holder's a liar. He was held in contempt. Loretta Lynch is a liar. The only difference here, ladies and gentlemen, is I'm not advocating lying. But apparently some lies are worse than others. Some lies actually have consequences. 
Now, the circumstances around what Michael Flynn did are rejected. Did he lie? Did he lie? Did he lie? Michael Flynn was interviewed twice. Why was he interviewed twice? Why was he interviewed at all? They already intercepted his communications with the ambassador from Russia, Kislyak. They already had a transcription. They already leaked to a Washington Post columnist and unmasked him illegally. They'd, he had had this discussion. Was the discussion itself a crime? No. Was the substance of the discussion a crime? No. Any bribes discussed? No. Anything of any real substance? No. No. Flynn was scared. He knew they had a transcript of what he said. But he was nervous. He was worried. When a couple of FBI agents come to interview you, ladies and gentlemen, you're nervous. You already feel like you're a, you're a defendant. And even worse, the director of the FBI told his agents to bypass normal White House protocol to not alert the, the White House counsel's office to dissuade Flynn from having private counsel. Now, why would you do that? Why would you interview him twice? Why would you disarm him? Why would you tell him not to have a lawyer? Why would you bypass the White House counsel's office? But he lied, didn't he? But he lied, didn't he? See, this is the difference. You and I care about processes. You and I care about due process. You and I care about but the presumption of innocence. The False Statements Act. 18 United States Code 1001. You do not have to lie to be found guilty or to be charged under that statute. If you are considered misleading. Misleading. You can be charged under that statute. Nobody's questioning whether that statute needs to be changed given the obvious abuses under Mueller and others. No. And this judge has the gall to accuse this general of treason because he happens to be wearing a black robe and appointed for life, picked out of obscurity, and made a federal judge. And he knows he can sit in that damn courtroom and say whatever the hell he wants to say without consequence. Now, he walked it back, they say, later in the afternoon. I wasn't saying he committed treason. I was just inquiring. Well, wasn't that stupid? He misspoke. Well, luckily, he wasn't under oath. Luckily, he wasn't being investigated by the FBI. And then I have to watch the usual gaggle of talking heads. The usual phony legal experts and non-legal experts. Gaggling on and on and on during the break. During the break in the early afternoon. 
telling us the real problem with Flynn, you see, is that he was being paid by the Turkish government and he did not register as a foreign agent. Ladies and gentlemen, this may come as a shock to you. But prior to the prosecution of Paul Manafort for not registering as a foreign agent, the vast majority of people who represent foreign countries and do not register as foreign agents have not been prosecuted. They've been told with a slap on the hand, get your ass into the Department of Justice and register. So they cure the fault. They cure it. Felonies are not thrown at them. The judge misstated the facts in the courtroom. Mr. Flynn was not the national security advisor at the time he was representing the Turkish government or some arm of it. He was a private citizen. He'd been working on the Trump campaign. That was a source of income for him. So what did he do when he was representing the Turkish government? Did he sell out the United States? We have no idea. But we know he didn't sell out the United States. He was not charged with any violations of any law related to his representation of the Turkish government. And yet the commentators go on. I don't know if he should get a bar. And that concerns me a lot, you know. He's going to be representing the president of the United States. And there he was being paid by the Turkish government. This is news. This is news. All day long, this is news. It's a minor news event. All of it. Now, the judge says, you know, I can still give you jail time. Even though the prosecutor recommends zero, even though you ask for zero, I can still give you jail time. This judge has spent three days on this case. And he thinks he knows more than the prosecution and the defense. This is the problem with these lifetime arrogant judges. They think they know everything, and they don't. And they don't. And in the case of Emmett Sullivan, he disgraced himself today. He disgraced himself today. He might as well have been a commentator on MSNBC or CNN. Now, all of this, all of this is intended not to smear Michael Flynn, not to smear Paul Manafort, not to smear George Papadopoulos, and down the line. It's all intended to take out this President of the United States. And yet nothing related to the Flynn matter has anything to do with Donald Trump. Nothing. Zero. No Russia collusion. Turkey irrelevant. False statement irrelevant. None of it. None of it. James Comey lied under oath to Congress. James Comey 
repeatedly usurped the Department of Justice lines of authority. James Comey skirted the usual procedures in interviewing an incoming White House official. He bypassed White House counsel. And he urged Mr. Flynn, a non-lawyer, a hero lieutenant general, not to hire counsel, just to have a discussion with his two FBI agents. And Comey brags about it. James Comey is a lowlife. In my view, he is mentally unhinged. The fact that he sat as FBI director, the fact that he sat as Deputy Attorney General of the United States, the fact that he was a U.S. attorney tells me we have something truly wrong. There's something truly sick in our system. Or a man who is so unstable can serve in these highest positions and threaten the liberty of scores of American citizens. It is appalling. Today was a horrible day for American justice, just as yesterday was and the day before. I'll be right back. gentlemen it is amazing is it not how prosecutors are treated when they're going after the president they're treated like uh, superbly objective individuals is that the way prosecutors are supposed to be viewed it's amazing isn't it we need criminal justice reform we're told because the criminal justice system is broken Uh, We're told there's systemic racism in the system. Judges, juries, especially prosecutors. And, of course, law enforcement. But when it comes to Trump or anybody in his orbit, you dare not question Mueller and his band of left-wing Democrats. You dare not question the faceless, nameless career prosecutors in the Southern District of New York. You dare not question Clinton judges. Dare not question them. Because the system now is perfect. Perfect. Of course Flynn was set up. That's why Comey's bragging about it. Well, he didn't have to lie. Let me read to you 18 United States Code, Section 1001. All the talk about false statements. How many times has a graphic of this part of the statute been presented on television? Never. A, except as otherwise provided in this section, whoever in any manner within the jurisdiction of the executive, legislative, or judicial branch of government of the United States, knowingly or willfully, one, falsifies, conceals, or covers up by any trick or scheme or device a material fact. Trick or scheme. Two, makes any materially false, fictitious, or fraudulent statement or representation doesn't say lie, or three, makes or uses any false writing or document, knowing the same to contain any materially false, fictitious, or fraudulent statement or entry. Shall be fined under this title, in prison not more than five years, and so forth and so on. 
These are pretty broad statements. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're accused, that is, if you're formally charged with a false statement, it has to be adjudicated. So you've got to go through that whole process. And on the government side, the prosecutors, they don't care. You and I are paying their salaries, their pensions, their health care. You and I are paying for their paper clips, their notepads, their pens and their pencils. You and I are paying for their offices, their desks and their chairs. But that individual citizen who they throw the book at for a false statement has to pay for his lawyer, has to pay for the law firm, has to pay for the desk and the chair and the paper clips and the faxes and the texts and every 10 minutes of every hour out of their own damn pocket. Does that sound fair to you? Well, he lied, didn't he? He pled guilty, didn't he? These are the mushheads that you have to listen to day in and day out, day in and day out on television who do not give you the full perspective of what's taking place. I'll be right back. With the daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods But what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. See, the media create villains and they create victims. Trump and anyone around him, you'd be, can uh, be viewed as a villain. As a villain. And yet in other cases, sometimes we're where the perpetrator shoots a cop, or what have you. They're victims. They're victims. Have you ever seen the media, an entire monopoly of thinking that is so supportive of a single prosecutor like Mueller? They don't question him. They don't talk about his background. They don't talk about his, his faults in the past as U.S. attorney in Boston. They don't talk about the terrible mistakes he made as director of the FBI. Nothing. And they're not going to. Or Comey, who they hated, who they now promote. Or the Southern District of New York, which concocts an entire campaign finance scheme in order to try and entrap 
Trump's financial entities and Trump to contribute to an impeachment report. You actually have a U.S. Attorney's Office and a special counsel. They're not so much interested in indicting the president. They now know the rules, despite what some of the fools on TV have to say. They're contributing to what they know will be a report that Mueller and his 17 liberal Democrats supporters are going to write to try and impeach the president of the United States. The media go along with this, promoting the prosecutor, promoting the judges involved, promoting the Southern District of New York, promoting Stormy Daniels and Michael Avenatti, promoting Michael Cohen, anything and everything. They do not talk about civil liberties because, you see, Mr. Flynn's civil liberties were violated. They not... They do not talk about the fact that as I speak to you today, that Mr. Manafort is still in solitary confinement. Doesn't bother them. Or that Mr. Comey lied to Congress. Repeatedly violated rules of authority, both at the Justice Department and in the White House. Leaked. It's okay. It's okay. None of it matters. And if you raise your voice, you're said to be, oh, you must be a a Trumpist. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a constitutionalist, and I call him as I see him. You have individuals going on TV with legal backgrounds who are lying through their teeth. that The president can be indicted by a grand jury in secret, and then when he leaves the office, they spring it on him. That's absolutely 100% contrary to what the October 2000 Department of Justice memo says. So that has not happened and it cannot happen. Footnote 38, the last sentence. We've been told that Donald Jr. is going to be indicted. Based on what? Based on what? This entire Russian interference occurred on Barack Obama's watch. It occurred on Jim Comey's watch. It occurred on Loretta Lynch's watch. It occurred on John Kerry's watch. It occurred on Jim Clapper's watch. It it occurred on Brennan's watch. Susan Rice's watch. It occurred on their watch. If there was a cover-up, it was the prior administration that was involved in the cover-up. The unmasking of the names of individuals. The unmasking of the names of individuals that occurred at a hyper level in the last year of the Obama administration. Not even discussed anymore. These are felonies, real life felonies. I don't even know if they're under investigation. Jim Comey meets with the incoming president of the United States at Trump Tower and tries to set him up. Literally tries to set him up. Jim Comey makes J. Edgar Hoover look like an angel. He's a hundred times worse than J. Edgar Hoover. And so is immediate senior staff. Many of whom have been fired or resigned as a result of internal investigations. Some of whom may face criminal charges on their own. 
We've never seen an FBI like this. Ever. You had the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, a holdover, Sally Yates, tries to use the Logan Act as a basis for interviewing General Flynn. Even Judge Kelly, excuse me, not Emmett Kelly, Emmett Sullivan, he even woke up today in the afternoon session, asked the prosecutor, what basis did you interview? The Logan Act. The Logan Act. Which has never been used successfully against anybody. It was a pretext. And you do not hear this on TV tonight. Sally Yates, the Obama holdover, Deputy Attorney General of the United States, uses the Logan Act. Then Comey sends over two FBI agents, skirts the White House rules, skirts the White House Counsel's Office, urges Flynn not to hire a lawyer. And you and I are supposed to sit here and listen to this damn judge this morning accuse him of treason? Incredible. Incredible what's happened to our country. It's a disgrace. You're a disgrace, Sullivan. A disgrace what you did today. You must be impressed with all your headlines, huh? It's boring sitting there in the courtroom. Nobody notices you. Boring. Then a hot potato is thrown your way. And man... You take advantage of it. Is that how justice is supposed to work? Is that how the law is supposed to work? This is why I believe in term limits now for federal judges. They're flesh and blood human beings. They have massive egos like everybody else. And they're imperfect. Sullivan didn't have to say 90% of what he said in that courtroom. But he couldn't help himself. Couldn't control himself. The Logan Act. What a fraud this entire investigation is. The Logan Act. By an Obama holdover. Does that bother CNN? Not in the least. Does that bother the legal scholars and commentators? Not in the least. Not at all. The goal is to take down this presidency, either to so thoroughly smear the president, he cannot win re-election, or to write a report, a political report dressed up as a legal report, to push impeachment, which the Democrats have been chomping at the bit to do the day after the election. And the media are more than happy to help. Because they share the same ideology. And they move between politics and media. All of them. They just do. Damn the country. Damn the economy. Damn the borders. Damn the military. Damn national security. Damn the fact that the Chinese communists are on the move. Damn the fact that the Russian communists are on the move, or fascists. 
Distract the American people. Distract the American people. 100% of the time, every day, Trump, Flynn, Cohen, Papadopoulos, porn star, porn star lawyer, on and on and on. These are their priorities. They're not our priorities. We're not looking to take out the president. They are. (laughs) They are. And these are the same jackasses that tell us, watch the tone. You have a federal judge in a courtroom accusing a, a retired lieutenant general here of treason. Walks it back. Watch the tone, judge. Watch the tone. You've got Jim Acosta, a complete fool. Watch the tone, Jim. Watch the tone. You've got commentators on TV accusing Trump supporters of being white supremacists, neo-Nazis, racists. Watch the tone, the media tell us. Watch that tone. They do not believe in this country like we do. They do not believe in the founding principles of this country. They do not embrace the Declaration of Independence. They are dragging this country to a place that many of us do not want to go. They are embracing tyranny while we are defending liberty. Judge Sullivan's not defending liberty in his courtroom. The Southern District of New York is not defending liberty. Mr. Mueller's not defending liberty. Mr. Comey's not defending liberty. Mr. Schiff, Nadler, Pelosi, Schumer, they're not defending liberty. Power, political power, party power. Mr. Mueller can do no wrong because he's their puppet. Let me repeat. He is their puppet. He is a willing stooge. And the connections, many of them, between the Southern District of New York and this prosecutor are substantial. If a president of the United States who hasn't done a damn thing to merit this kind of investigation, multiple investigations of himself, of his family, of his associates, of his campaign, of his foundation, of his development business, of his finances, of his banks. Now they want his taxes. Just in case, you see, he's colluding with the Russians. The Democrat Party colluding with the Russians since the Leninist Revolution, colluding with the Russians since day one, colluding with Stalin, for God's sakes, and Khrushchev, and Brezhnev. Communists among them, Alger Hiss, to name one. They now are going to police collusion with the Russians. Bernie Sanders has his honeymoon in Moscow. Collusion with the Russians. Half of these fools, the communists in Nicaragua, when Reagan was president, they'd go down and visit them. When Castro 
was leading his revolution, the New York Times and other Democrat politicians down there to support Castro? Who the hell do they think they're fooling? You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they pet a moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Now, these include free online courses, the publication of its free speech digest and primus, its wonderful Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. That's Hillsdale College. Now, the next hour I want to address the Republicans and the President. How dare you continue to drive up the dead in this country and burden our children, grandchildren, and future generations and smother their liberty with red ink? How dare you not secure that southern border after campaigning on it for 15 damn years? Who the hell do you think you are? And I'll address that more when I return. Mark Lovin. You know, Mr. Producer and I have something we both wholeheartedly agree on. And no, it's not politics, although we do on that. We both love our ex-chairs. Now, the holidays are almost here, and an ex-chair makes the perfect gift for a hard-working spouse or employee, or reward yourself with one because you've earned it. Extra is introducing two new colors for the holidays, red and white, but they have many other colors too. They're all stunning. Go to xchairlevin.com and check them out. That's xchairlevin.com. I know you're going to like them. I have my X-Chair. You know I had lower back problems, L5 they call it on the disc there. This chair makes all the difference in the world. Listener David S. says, The X-Chair has made such an unbelievable difference in how I sit at my desk, how much stamina I have throughout the day. It's absolutely made me a lot more energetic and a lot more attentive, and I was able to get a lot more work done because I wasn't sitting in discomfort all day long. You're not fidgeting around in this chair, folks. It, it's firm where it needs to be firm. It's flexible where it needs to be flexible. It's cutting-edge technology, and it is incredibly comfortable. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. Go to xchairlevin.com right now. That's xchairlevin.com right now. Get it now. You have it in time for Christmas. Or you can give them a call, 1-844-4X-Chair. 1-844-4X-Chair. 
Extra comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So it's risk-free. Now, if you go to xchairlevin.com and use code LEVINFOOTREST, you'll also get a free footrest. So it's xchairlevin.com or give them a call at 1-844-4X-CHAIR. Let me mention this, too. You still have time to get a copy of Our Police by my father, Jack Levin. It is a beautiful book. It is a pro-American book. It is a patriotic book without rubbing a kid's nose in it. But it is really now the counterculture, isn't it? To show respect for law enforcement, respect for law and order. We know that there are imperfections in all professions. But why would we focus on that? Why would we focus on that? It is a beautifully illustrated book by my father. It is a beautifully written book by my father. It's perfect for kids ages 4 to 8 years old. Go to Amazon.com right now. I think it's like 30% off. And order it and you'll get it in time. That's Our Police. See you in a minute. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There's talk tonight that the White House wants to cut a deal with the Democrats, that they won't ask for the full $5 billion to work on the wall. Or there may be other sleight-of-hand things going on. When are our guys going to fight for the nation's priorities? And I hate to say this, but I'm now going to talk about the White House, too. Two of the most important things to Trump supporters, to conservatives, to Republicans, many independents, to right-thinking Americans, the massive debt, which is out of control, and the influx, the constant wave of foreigners into the country, which is out of control. Both of them go to the heart of what our nation state is supposed to be, what kind of culture we're going to have, what kind of future we're going to have. 
And we are failing at both miserably. I am sick and tired of watching Mitch McConnell and five other pallbearers get behind a microphone. We will not shut down the government. We're not going to shut down. We're going to show the American people here that we know how to manage the government. You don't know how to manage a damn thing. All you do is spend and create more debt. Ladies and gentlemen, these politicians are not spending your tax money. Your tax money was spent a long time ago. They are spending the money that hasn't even been earned yet, that hasn't even been created yet by generations that haven't even been born yet. Your grandchildren are going to be crushed by this. Because these politicians, the Republicans, don't have a statesman among them. And I don't want any phone calls from them, texts from them, nothing. There's not a statesman among them who's ringing the alarm bells about what's taking place here. We're destroying future generations. And we're doing it in a way that no other generation has done it. Now I want to remind you of something. February, almost four years ago, 2015, Boston University Professor of Economics, Dr. Lawrence Kitlikoff, he testified before the Senate Budget Committee. And the topic was America's fiscal insolvency and its generational consequences. He flatly stated, our country is broke, I'm quoting, it's not broke in 75 years, 50 years, 25 years, or 10 years. It's broke today. Indeed, it may well be in worse fiscal shape than any developed country, including Greece. Now, we'd like to talk about law and order. They like to talk about it on cable TV and truth-telling. They are the biggest liars. These politicians are the biggest liars. Congress is cooking the books. Congress is cooking the books. He said Congress's economically arbitrary decisions as to what to put on and what to keep off the books have not been innocent. Successive Congresses, whether dominated by Republicans or Democrats, have spent the post-war accumulating massive net fiscal obligations virtually all of which are kept off the official books. Now, Professor Kitlikoff explained that the real debt picture is far worse than the federal government admits. Now, remember, this is four years ago. Quote, the U.S. fiscal gap currently stands at $210 trillion. The size of the U.S. fiscal gap, $210 trillion, is massive. It's 16 times larger than the official U.S. debt, 
which indicates precisely how useless, he says, official debt is for understanding our nation's true fiscal position. In 2013, the fiscal gap stood at $205 trillion. In 2014, it was $210 trillion. Hence, the country's true 2014 deficit, the increase in its fiscal gap, was $5 trillion, not the $483 billion increase in official debt reported by the Congressional Budget Office. Now, here we sit day in and day out. This guy made a false statement, whether or not he blew his nose on this day or blew his nose on another day. And this guy, with his confidential non-disclosure agreement, should have been reported. It shouldn't have been reported. Don't you believe in law and order? And yet, day in and day out, we live this lie. We live this lie about what's happening to spending and borrowing and the debt. The media know it. If I know it and I write about it in my books, they know it. They know this guy testified. Professor Kotlikoff concluded what should be obvious to all. U.S. post-war generational policy is accurately characterized as take-as-you-go. Over the decades, Republican and Democratic Congresses and administrations have taken ever larger amounts of resources from young workers and transferred them to old retirees. The resources taken from the young and given to the old were called in the main taxes. And the young were effectively told, don't worry, We're calling these resources taxes. But when you're old, you'll receive massive transfer payments that more than make up for what you're paying now. So there is a colossal transfer of wealth not yet created by younger people and future generations to the governing generation and generations since past, which will doom your children and grandchildren if it's left unabated. And ladies and gentlemen, it's getting worse. This is the main reason I despise Republicans. They are soft progressives. You know damn well if Obama were president and Pelosi were speaker and Schumer were the majority leader in the Senate and they were spending like this, we'd be criticizing it. But let me tell you something. Your grandchildren and children yet born? It doesn't matter if Republicans or Democrats do it. There's a point of no return. I say it all the time. The laws of economics trump the laws of politics. And while it's easy for Democrats and Republicans to spend money, to run up debt, to borrow, That's how you buy votes. That's how you buy constituency groups like Open Borders. It takes true leaders to cut spending. Can you name one true leader who's prepared to cut spending? Can you name one true leader in the House or the Senate who's proposed significant cutting, even in the White House? They're talking about a trillion and a half dollar infrastructure spending. Where's that coming from? It's coming from your grandchildren and 
a generation yet born. So that's not a good thing. Family leave now, Republicans support. Well, where's that money going to come from? Same people. The kids that aren't born yet. All the drivers are for spending. All the drivers are for debt. All the drivers are for borrowing. And then you put pressure on the monetary system. Interest rates start to go up. Fewer and fewer people can afford homes, loans for automobiles or other things. You get a recession. Stock market starts to drop. Your savings, your pensions are affected. You will pay a price for this too. Washington is not the land of reality. Nowhere else on the face of the earth can you just spend and spend and spend and spend without consequence. Now, if your neighbor does it, you don't much care. When the federal government does it, and they control the currency, currency is not independent. It's not on a gold standard. It's not on a peanut standard. It's not on any standard. It's on the good credit of the United States government. The Social Security Disability Fund went bankrupt two years ago. You wouldn't even know it. It's not even cause for concern. The Social Security trustees, the trustees, have told us that Social Security is going to go broke in 12 to 14 years. There's not a single proposal to address this. The Medicare trustees have told us that Medicare goes bankrupt in eight years. There's not a single proposal to address this. Not one. Not one. Instead, the proposals all go the other way. Free college. Government should assume all student debt. We're now Democrats proposing a minimum income starting at birth. Where's all this money coming from? Nowhere. Nowhere. Politics trumps economics until economics finally trumps politics. And you know what you get? Poverty, destitution, chaos, lawlessness in the streets, pensions evaporating, savings evaporating, the collapse of America. And these damn Republicans stand there controlling the Senate and smile and tell us that we're going to avert a government shutdown, which isn't even a government shutdown. As they keep contributing and contributing and contributing year in and year out to an ultimate economic tsunami. And nobody in any branch of government is doing a damn thing about it. And nobody in the media but me behind this damn microphone even talks about it. Maybe if Stormy Daniel starts to talk about the debt, maybe then they'll start to talk about it. Mark Lovin.
What kind of political party refuses to help secure a border to a country which it claims to help represent? It is a political party that puts party before country, that puts power before country. This is not new. The communists do this. And I've told you before, progressivism is an outgrowth of Marxism. It just is. Now, the progressives will resist this. But if you read Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism, you know that they're liars. Because their intellectual forebearers told us so. John Dewey, one of their intellectual forebears, was a huge fan of the Russian Revolution. As were most of the progressives at the time. They were sort of, in the shadows, Marxists. But they were trying to figure out how to adopt Marxism in a way that wouldn't scare the public. But to conquer these various institutions, including the Constitution in order to, uh, to secure their aims, which is a centralized, autocratic government run by masterminds. And we know that they're not masterminds. They're self-appointed experts, but they're not experts in anything. They're really not masterminds, but they control. Many of them are quite stupid, actually. Since when did the issue of immigration become an issue about immigrants? Mark, what are you talking about? The issue of immigration isn't about immigrants. The issue of immigration is about American citizenry. This nation belongs to the American citizens. It doesn't belong to would-be immigrants. It doesn't belong to foreigners who want to come here. It doesn't belong to people who are here illegally. It doesn't belong to people who are here on temporary visas. This is our country. It's not their country. Supposedly, this is our government. It's not their government. These welfare programs belong to the American people, good, bad, and ugly. They don't belong to foreigners. But you wouldn't know it. It's been turned upside down. And so you'll get a story for weeks about this precious seven-year-old illegal alien daughter of an illegal alien father who brought her into this country, utterly irresponsible. She dies. You won't get a two-week story about a seven-year-old American citizen who dies under terrible circumstances. You won't get a two-week story about that. You don't get a two-week story about all those American citizens who are blown away in Chicago every weekend. You don't get two-week stories on that. Once again, it's the media, the Democrat Party, an alliance of ideologues promoting their agenda. A power agenda, a party agenda, progressivism. There's nothing in it to spend two weeks on a story of a seven-year-old 
American citizen child who dies. There's everything in it to try and exploit a situation to advance their political and policy objectives. That's why you rarely see stories on CNN or MSNBC or in the Washington Post or the New York Times or on NBC, ABC, CBS, and all the rest of them about illegal aliens murdering American citizens or, for that matter, murdering other aliens. It doesn't serve their purpose. Now, I want to get into this more deeply because the idea now that the Trump administration might back off this wall is utterly and completely unacceptable. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. You know, even when we have the winning hand on this immigration issue, we fold. It's not that the Democrats are so good, it's we're so bad. Now, let's take a few minutes on this immigration matter. We're in no hurry. And I pointed this out in Plunder and Deceit. I wrote this book, Plunder and Deceit, I guess it's two books ago, to focus on younger people. They call them millennials. I hate that word. Younger people. Younger generation. Because all these things that the left is doing and the Republicans go along with are extremely damaging to the future of the culture, the future of society, and future generations. Open borders. Tribalization. Balkanization. Um, Multilingualism. They are destructive of the American culture and any culture. And I pointed this out in Plunder and Deceit. When the issue of immigration is raised or debated, the one group rarely considered or consulted is the group most adversely affected by current immigration policies, the younger generation. For more than two centuries, the United States has attracted immigrants from all over the world. America's civil society, in which societal and cultural traditions and values have served as a beacon to humanity has historically inspired millions to come to America in search of a better life. In the 17th and 18th centuries, immigrants from Europe came to the United States seeking, among other things, religious freedom. In the 19th century, immigrants from countries such as Ireland, Italy, and Germany were mostly escaping famine and oppression. 20th century, America welcomed those fleeing communism and despotism. But as the late Harvard professor, 
with a great thinker, Dr. Samuel Huntington, explained in his book, Who Are We? The Challenges to America's National Identity. He wrote, America has been a nation of restricted and interrupted immigration, as much as it has been a nation of immigration. May surprise some of you to learn that in the past, each successive wave of immigration was followed by a period of time where the flow of aliens ebbed as more recent arrivals were required to assimilate into the American way of life. Give you an example. From 1901 through 1910, approximately 8.8 million people immigrated to the United States. The United States Census Bureau reports that between 1911 and 1920, there were 5.7 million immigrants. Between 1921 and 1930, there were a little over 4 million immigrants. Notice it went down. The 1930s through 1970s experienced periods of immigration followed by integration and assimilation. About 500,000 individuals immigrated into the United States between 1931 and 1940. That's it. Between 1941 and 1950, a little over 1 million. That's it. Between 1951 and 1960, approximately 2.5 million came to America. And between 1961 and 1970, there were some 3.3 million immigrants. And now the roof has blown off. Today, there is no period of assimilation between immigration flows. None. Rather, the flow of immigrants coming to America for more than 40 years has been unprecedented and uninterrupted, with no end in sight. In the last decade and a half alone, from 2000 through 2014, 14 million new permanent legal immigrants were admitted to the United States in addition to the surge of millions of illegal immigrants. The Migration Policy Institute reports that 2013 estimates from the Census Bureau put the U.S. immigrant population at more than 41.3 million, or over 13% of the total U.S. population of 316 million. Between 2012 and 2013, the foreign-born population increased by about 523,000, or 1.3%. U.S. immigrants and their U.S.-born children now number approximately 80 million persons, or one quarter of the overall U.S. population. And by the way, they're concentrated in particular regions of the country. And you want to know why states are turning blue? And you want to know why Democrats are all for this? As Dr. Huntington described, the massive influx of aliens has been rationalized in part by what European scholars have promoted and conceptualized as societal security. It is an attempt to justify the deleterious effect unfettered, unassimilated immigration has on a society. It refers to the ability of a society to persist in its essential character under changing conditions and possible or actual threats. The sustainability within acceptable conditions for evolution of traditional patterns of language, culture, association, and religious and national identity and custom. Now, Dr. Huntington wrote that it is concerned above all with identity. The ability of a people to maintain their culture, institutions, and way of life. But in the United States, he added, 
America has been a nation of immigration and assimilation. And assimilation has meant Americanization. Now, however, immigrants are different. The institutions and processes related to assimilation are different. And most importantly, America is different. Assimilation of current immigrants is likely to be slower, less complete, and different from the assimilation of earlier immigrants. Assimilation no longer necessarily means Americanization. You see, because the left does not want immigrants to assimilate into the country. That is Americanization. They want balkanized, tribalized identity politics. If assimilation no longer means Americanization, then in what kind of society will younger people and future generations live? Your children, grandchildren. Princeton University professor Dr. Douglas Macy points out that as a result of continuing high levels of immigration, the character of ethnicity will be determined relatively more by immigrants and relatively less by later generations, shifting the balance of ethnic identity toward the language, culture, and ways of life in the sending society. Therefore, immigration without assimilation and Americanization undercuts the civil society as ethnic, racial, and religious groups this is me writing, self-segregate. The problem is magnified further when a nation abandons its own culture to promote multiculturalism, dual citizenship, bilingualism, and so on, and institutes countless policies and laws promoting and protecting the practices of balkanized groups and their infinite array of grievances. Open-ended immigration takes a considerable toll on the job prospects of younger and less skilled workers as well as college-educated graduates. Typically, younger workers, those between the ages of 16 and 29, are competing with recent immigrants for similar jobs. Many younger people begin working as waiters, construction workers, or grocery store clerks. These are the types of jobs many illegal immigrants also seek. How can that be, you might ask? After all, as the argument goes, illegal immigrants do jobs Americans will not do. For example... The United States Chamber of Commerce advocates widespread amnesty to enable its members, mostly large corporations, to, quote, utilize immigrant labor when U.S. workers are said not to be available, unquote. The National Restaurant Association supports amnesty in part because, quote, there are too many jobs Americans won't do, unquote. The Independent Institute, a libertarian group, has insisted that low-skilled immigrants, quote, do jobs that wouldn't exist if the immigrants weren't there to do them, unquote. Claims that immigrants aren't substitutes for American labor. They free up American labor to do jobs where it is more productive. But the facts demonstrate the exact opposite. Using the federal government's own statistics, CIS explains that the Census Bureau has identified what it classified as 472 civilian occupations. Am I boring everyone, Mr. Producer? Of those occupations, six are considered majority immigrant, legal and illegal. Those six occupations amount to about 1% of the total workforce. But jobs that are stereotypically thought to comprise mainly immigrants actually comprise mostly American citizens.
Maids and housekeepers are 51% citizen. Taxi drivers are 58% citizen. Butchers are 63% citizen. Landscapers or grounds workers are 64% citizen. Construction workers are 66% citizen. Porters, bellhops, and concierges are 72% citizen. And janitors are 73% citizen. Americans build America. Americans make America work. Moreover, 16.5 million citizens have jobs in the 67 occupations composed of a significant percentage of immigrants. In other words, millions of Americans work in jobs that are incorrectly but widely considered immigrant type. Immigrant type. Now, let's talk about STEM for a moment. STEM. Science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The status immigration policies centered on endless waves of legal and illegal immigration have contributed significantly to the income deterioration of low-income American earners and the so-called inequality gap between rich and poor, which the status claimed to abhor. Although it is also repeatedly alleged that America must open immigration further to accommodate increased numbers of high-skilled and high-tech workers because the country is supposedly failing to produce enough homegrown college graduates with science, technology, engineering, or math STEM skills to fill the demands of the fast-paced market. This, too, is a lie. Despite America's mediocre education system, the evidence demonstrates that enough college students in the STEM disciplines are graduating to fill the market's demand. A thorough analysis by scholars Hal Salzman, Daniel Kuhn, and B. Lindsay Lowell from the Economic Policy Institute found that for every two students that U.S. colleges graduate with STEM degrees, only one is hired into a STEM job. The report further states that of the computer science graduates not entering the information technology work, 32% say it's because IT jobs are unavailable. 53% say they found better job opportunities outside of IT occupations. The three scholars conclude this indicates that the supply of graduates in the STEM fields is substantially larger than the demand for them in industry. Indeed, while demanding that the federal government substantially increase the number of high-skilled, high-tech immigrants in the country, Hewlett-Packard, Cisco, American Express, Procter & Gamble, T-Mobile, and Microsoft recently slashed tens of thousands of employees. The Census Bureau reports that 74% of those who had a bachelor's degree in science Technology, engineering, and math, commonly referred to as STEM, are not employed in STEM occupations. And I could go on. I can go on the effects, the cost to law enforcement and our prison system, the cost in our public schools, the cost to our hospitals. They are phenomenal through the roof. You and I are subsidizing open borders, and lawlessness. But those who are going to pay the ultimate price are your children and your grandchildren. Because this society is tearing at the seams. 
No more e pluribusunum. You know, Christmas is here, ladies and gentlemen. Am I in the right place, Mr. Producer? And you want to make sure nothing comes between you and protecting your family. <clears throat> and you can save hundreds of dollars while you're at it. You need Simply Safe Home Security. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. Say they destroy your keypad or siren, Simply Safe will still get the help you need. Here's what I love about this. Maybe it's overkill, maybe it's the last thing you want to think about this holiday, but with Simply Safe you're always ready for anything. They believe nothing should get between you and protecting your family. That's why Simply Safe doesn't cost an arm and a leg. They charge you what's fair, what's right. 14.99 a month. I strongly recommend Simply Safe to every one of you. And today you can save hundreds of dollars on that protection if you go to simplysafemark.com. And you want to get it in place now before the holidays. And you can. That's simplysafemark.com. Make sure you use that URL so they know we sent you. That's simplysafemark.com. Harry, this holiday offer ends soon. Simplysafemark.com. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, Christmas is here, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, just a few days away. That sagging jawline and double chin, well, it's not really in the Christmas spirit. You don't have to be part of, have part of that as your celebration this year. You can just make them disappear. Introducing the brand new Genesel jawline treatment with dual peptide and MDL technology. Chamonix's most advanced technology ever. It not only tightens saggy jawlines, but it also plumps the lipophilic layers of your skin to contour and define the jawline within minutes. Using peptides and metal lactones together for the first time works amazingly fast. The results get better every day. And for one more week, the Genesel jawline treatment is yours absolutely free when you order the Genesel for under eye bags and puffiness. You know, Genesel makes it easy, folks, for you to try their products. They really do. And for results in 12 hours, Genesel's immediate effects is also free when you call or click right now. Here's the best way to do it. Call 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. You can also go to their website, Genesel.com. In this year on a high note with beautiful skin, no bags and puffiness, and tighter, higher jawline. Call or click now, 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Again, I want to encourage you. It's Tuesday. Christmas really is almost here. Beautiful book, brand new book, beautifully colored, beautifully illustrated, beautifully written by my father, Jack Levin, Our Police. I write the preface. But he wrote the book. And uh, obviously it's his last book. But it is just terrific. If you're in law enforcement, you don't have to be. Perfect gift for kids and grandkids. If you just believe that you want your kids to have a good working knowledge of how to behave themselves, Our Police is the book for you. 
You know, I would call it the apple pie book because it's sort of like that. But sometimes our kids need to be reinforced with positive attitudes about the country, positive attitudes about our institutions. And law enforcement and our police in particular have been so attacked that my dad felt very strongly that he wanted to write this book. So check it out. Go to Amazon.com. Mr. Producer, go ahead and put it up on my social sites. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Hour three, our final hour this evening. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There's a lot on the table. I've talked quite a bit. I'm a little winded, still weak. But uh, why don't we see what you have to say? Why don't we spend part of this hour? If you want to call in, the board's full. When you hear me take a caller, that's the time to jump in. But now's the time to give it a try. Let's go to Michael in Wisconsin, the great WTAQ. Go. Mark, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, I can relate to this conversation tonight. I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we're talking, you were talking about earlier, you know, jobs that Americans won't do. I'm 49 years old. I'm old for my age. My Bohemian grandparents taught me a valuable lesson about earning the value of a dollar. And that meant if you wanted to buy your first car, you're going to work. You're going to cut lawns. It wasn't about an hourly wage. You're going to work on the farm. You're going to work in the canning factories. Uh, to wreck your own first car. And what that meant was between an impressionable age, between 14, 15, 16 years old, if you miss out on that time, it's lost. And it's parenting and lack of parenting. Uh, Parents giving their kids these expensive phones. They're letting the kids take their family cars to high school. I think you can relate to this, and we're not short of workers. We're short on parenting. We're short on having kids understand that they need to work towards something and and realize what a dollar means nowadays. I, I, and I worked a long you know, day. You know, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with aspects of what you say, but what about those kids who do, who do go to college, who do get student loans, who do graduate in the STEM areas? Or those kids who do want a summer job, cutting lawns and so forth and so on. The point is, of the studies that I read to you, it's more and more difficult to get them because it's easier and easier for businesses to hire people and pay them under the table. Oh, my gosh. Boy, do I agree. Um, I didn't consider that. I, you're, you're right, Mark. And I, 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 I've seen people like me getting older, losing out. I, I agree. Um, I'm just, you know, living through this right now and seeing over the last couple of decades or so that, you know, I took the school bus to school and all my friends and us, we, we were working when we were 12, 13, 14 years old doing all kinds of things. I just don't honestly see that happening anymore because parents are giving too much away 
Um, but you know that I can't argue with you, Mark. I, it's, but you know, you know what? You do, you do make a point. Even when we talk about family leave, just listen to this whole concept. You decide as a couple to have a child. All of a sudden, it's my obligation, and it's your obligation. Well, how can I work and have a child at the same time? Well, what does that have to do with me? Right. Why is that a government-related program? Right. Well, it's a modern economy. No. You're destroying the nuclear family. You're subsidizing the wrong thing. Stay out of it. Yes. It's between the employee and the employer. Or if you're your own business person, you run your own whatever, it's your business. You make these decisions. Cope with them. Now, we know people can cope with them because our parents did and our grandparents did and so forth and so on. Why must the government be involved in everything? Yeah. And, now, and now we have, more to your point, we actually have politicians like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker who have no real-world experience in anything going on and on about a minimum income. A minimum income? Imagine what that does to the psyche. Imagine what that does to to work motivation and so forth. It is outrageous. When I, Mark, when I was a kid, it was not, like I said, not an hourly wage. You know, when I'm young, it wasn't about hourly wages. It was about how much can you earn per month to reach your goal, to buy your car. Today, nowadays, it's to buy your video games or cell phones. And, and believe me, there are, are, are good people going to school and college. I'm, But you get it, right? Yeah, I get it. By the way, what the hell's going on with your football team? I love being able to talk to you tonight. I, it's amazing that uh, I've heard a lot of bad calls come in, and <laughs> you, and you've had to beat some people down, but I'm privileged. No, no, no. Michael, I have a question for you. What's going on with the Packers? <laughs> I mean, they're going to have a losing season this year, I think. Well, they are, but you, you know what's going to happen? We, we've, we've been spoiled up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and it, it, it's, it's a course of nature. We've had it good so many years that this is going to be an adjustment, and people are going to have to get used to it, but we can only go uphill from here. Well, that's true when you're at the bottom of the hill, but you know, I hear my buddy Stephen A. Smith, he's a friend of mine in the, in the what's his name, Max, uh, whatever, Kellerman, say that, uh, you know, Rodgers is the greatest quarterback ever. Now, no offense, I think he's a tremendous quarterback. How is he the greatest quarterback ever? How many Super Bowls do you guys have under him? One? One. That's well, it. Isn't that the bottom line? It is the bottom line. Um, Brett Favre brought my attention to sports. I'm not a big sports fan. Brett Favre was the guy that showed every every day for work for like 17 years in a row. Amazing. To me, that was like the biggest accomplishment anybody could ever achieve. And now we're dealing with politics and, and you know, Kaepernick and all of these things. And, you know, Brett Favre, he had a hard time. Uh, retiring, but who could blame him? He wanted to play. Uh, Brett Favre, to me, for a, a guy to show up for work every day and never miss a game for 17 years, uh, really sticks in my mind. But I really hope for the Packers. I They're going to come back around, but you can All right, my friend. from here. So. I appreciate it, and thank you for your call. You're a good guy. And by the way, I want to congratulate the Washington Redskins. 
they could have picked up this Kaepernick. Of course, it would have created all kinds of disharmony among fans and so forth. But they didn't. They picked up this guy, Johnson, who's a serious quarterback. He's their number four quarterback. Much better than Sanchez. The poor Washington Redskins, I mean, you know, they're pulling guys off the street at this point. And yet, look what they've done. They pulled their team together. They're still in the hunt. They play hard every day, uh, every uh, game. But I like this guy, Johnson. He hangs in the pocket. If he has to run, he runs. He's a fairly accurate thrower. He hasn't played for like seven or eight years. Do you know what I'm talking about, Rich? He's pretty damn good. Vicky, St. Augustine, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Mr. Levin, what a pleasure to talk to you. I want to tell you, you keep me sane in this crazy political world with the research that you do, which I'm not able to do on the legal end of things. And the reasoned discourse, it helps me to calm down at night after such a crazy day. But earlier you were talking about... um, Who helps me calm down? (laughs) My wife, Julie, she'll help me. (laughs) I'm concerned about why we can't seem to get a hold on our Department of Justice and our FBI. I know our politicians won't step up to speak about it, but as an average citizen, I can't reach my representatives. I can write them and send them faxes, but there's no response Mm -hmm. because I don't have enough money to influence them. Mm -hmm. What is the average citizen to do? I don't even know anymore. It's a good question. Maybe to organize 10, 20, 30 of your neighbors to contact them. Tell you what you might try. You might call and say, I want to meet my congressman or my senator in their district office in my community. And I want five or 10 minutes of their time. And if they won't do it, you call your local talk station and you ream out that member of Congress or that senator and you make it clear that they do not want to talk to their constituents. They only want to talk to lobbyists immediate types inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C. Be a squeaky wheel. That's a great suggestion. And I want to also tell you, you talked about red states turning blue. I'm in St. Augustine, Florida. We worked like the devil to get Mr. Trump elected and Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis, and they barely squeaked by in this election. That's what's happening here. All the people from the Northeast, the liberals, I hope I don't insult you, are moving to Florida. You're not insulting me. They moved into Virginia, too. I call them locusts. They, uh, they, they finish uh, destroying their own communities, and then they move into these other communities. They vote the same damn way, but they move into Florida because they don't want to pay state income taxes because they like the regulatory environment there. Then they vote liberal Democrat, liberal Democrat, liberal Democrat. These people are insane. Well, they don't want to raise taxes, but they vote for this criminal who was the mayor of Tallahassee, Gillum, who yes. said he wanted to raise corporate taxes. by. I'll tell you what. The election I am most excited about that took place in November was Ron DeSantis. This is a decent, ethical family man, a solid conservative who will do right by Florida. That was the victory I was most excited about. All right, Vicki. God bless you and thank you for your call, my friend. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
good Lord. Oh, it's back, my computer. Ladies and gentlemen, during the break, while I'm eating some peas, actually. I like peas. Most people don't like peas. I like peas. I came up with a solution for the wall. I came up for a solution, with a solution for the wall. First of all, we call it an infrastructure project. And stop calling it a wall. The libs will love that. A high-speed railway to nowhere. 30 feet tall, 6 feet wide. Secondly, we give $20 billion in foreign aid to Mexico. Listen to me. And we tell Mexico, you build the wall, that is infrastructure, on your side of the border and use our money. And then we can say, look, we gave them foreign aid and they used it. So the Mexicans pay for it, although we really do. And we get our wall. The lips should be thrilled because we're giving the Mexicans jobs. We're creating businesses for the Mexicans at the cost of American citizens. And it's their wall. How do you like that, Mr. Producer? It's got all these psychological nuances involved and the sort of the uh, the uh, clever funding mechanisms that the left seem to like. And then, then we can say the Mexicans built the wall. We, we have no say in that. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it is a sad day in this country when we cannot even secure our border because the Democrats are relying on foreigners who have yet to even come to our territory for their support and power. It is sickening. Joe, Ithaca, New York, the great WHCU. Go. Hi, Mark. Um, I make lasagna every Christmas for people I love and respect, and I got one here with your name on it right in front of me right now. Well, you know, I'm lactose intolerant, sir. Well, you wouldn't want my lasagna then. No. Mark. Sounds good. I'm having, I'm having a bellyache here tonight. Yes. Over this, the way they are treating Maybe you're lactose intolerant. I could be. My dog's sitting here licking up the cheese right now. I, I love you, Mark, by the way, and I look forward to buying your father's book. That's another thing I want to tell you from my 10-year-old granddaughter. Thank you. But um, what I really was calling about is I am just disgusted with the judicial system, the whole way this thing was done to railroad Flynn, and I, I can't believe they're treating this general like a like a, like he did treason. I mean, this this is an insult to our country and the good people that work so hard in our country. I don't know how long General Flynn served for, but that judge over over thirty no years, life. which is over thirty years more than Sullivan did. I'm disgusted, Mark, and. And a quick thing. He, this, this judge, let, let me just underscore the point, because I mentioned in the first hour, disgraced himself today. He is not fully informed about this case. He read some documents over the weekend. Um, he called a retired lieutenant three-star general, who was a hero in many respects, who actually led the, the, uh, the model battle plan against ISIS. He called him treasonous. Disgusting. Treason, treasonous. 
a judge called an individual treasonous. And he called him treasonous without even getting the facts straight. That is, it had nothing to do with the false statement charge uh, that was against, uh, used against Flynn. Had to do with his representation of Turkey when he was a private citizen. And has nothing to do with Trump. And the judge says that's treasonous. Let me just say this. Like it or not, how is that treasonous? What exactly? What exactly did Flynn do that was treasonous? So over the top was this judge that he realized it. And in the afternoon, he kind of walked it back. But you know what, Your Honor? That would be like Flynn saying, you know, I needed to walk back what I said. Too late. You lied. False statements. And for the media, this is a game. They love it. For the media, it's about hanging these people politically from their feet at a telephone pole like Mussolini. That's what the media want. They want Pennsylvania Avenue lined up with Trump, his family, his associates, all hanging from their feet naked on telephone poles. Then they'll be happy. Then they'll be excited. Then they'll say justice has been done. What this judge did today was a disgrace. And this is why the people are getting sick and tired of judges too. Sick and tired of judges. I don't give a damn if he's a judge. You don't get to sit there and point at another human being and accuse them of treason. Who the hell do you think you are? Damn judge. Big damn deal. Go ahead. Yes, well, I I stirred him with my genius. What can I tell you? Andrew, Stanhope, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hey, what's up, Mark? Thanks for taking the call. The main thing about illegal immigration, it's unfair. My wife's here legally from Thailand, and people waited online for years. People are waiting. When, they don't care. I, they don't care. And they have they have sanctuary cities, for God's sakes. Safe havens for illegal aliens. They don't care that they're illegal. They don't care how they got here. They don't care that many of them are criminals. The system is overwhelmed. Takes two years to get in front of administrative law judge. By then it's too late. They're off to the races. The left does not care. This benefits them. It benefits their party. I'll be right back. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, to recognize what is beautiful, and to hold up what is good. The vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, haven't they? Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civic, civil, religious liberty, and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. 
These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. Tom, Fayetteville, Arkansas, XM Satellite, go! Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Here's a trucker's common sense solution to building the wall. <clears throat> these people these people are coming over looking for work. So why don't we just build tent cities and set up their own infrastructure down there? Utilize the able-bodied men as the construction labor. The others could do the support work, the laundry, even have schools. I'll, I'll tell you why, Tom. There's two issues here whenever you have a government project. One is it has to be authorized, and the other is it has to be funded. So it's not authorized. They're not authorizing the use of illegal aliens, volunteers, GoFundMe sites. Everybody has actually very creative ideas. But under our system, Congress has to approve it, and Congress won't. But could it be done with an executive order? No. No? No. Okay. But, but see, it would be so simple because while these people were waiting for legal status, they would be providing a service. We could hold their wages in escrow. I, 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 I understand, but it's not going to happen. I hear you. I hear you, bud. They set up every obstacle imaginable to do something that's commonsensical. <laughs> you nailed it. Anyway, thanks a lot. God, God bless you, Tom. Take care. I love my truckers. Michelle, Venus, Florida, the great WJNO. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm great. How are you? Okay. Uh, my husband and I just love listening to you every night. Thank you very much. Our idea is to have Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, put out a call for charity for all the American people to contribute to a brick or a block <clears throat> and send in however much money they need to or they can't afford, put their name on it. And but it's the, same, it's the same problem. I think we could raise $5 million to build a wall but the federal government wouldn't be permitted to build the wall unless Congress allowed it. We don't need Congress. For no, we would need Congress because you're going to have to uh, purchase private property all along the border. And all kinds of things have to be done. Are you kidding me? Are you telling me that the border people don't want this? Sir, I'm giving you the facts. I'm telling you that we can't just build a wall. We the people. It doesn't work that way. And if we raise the funds, yes, you're going to have to purchase land across the border, private property and so forth. You can't just take it and build the wall there. But don't be mad at me. These are great ideas. The only problem is they can't work. The president of the United... Listen to me, please. Let's be rational and stop coming up with goofy ideas. What needs to happen here is the president needs to look them in the eye and shut down the damn government. If Reagan can do it six times, Trump can do it once. 
And if Mitch McConnell doesn't like it, too damn bad. Now build the damn wall. People can come up with creative ideas. They're not going to happen. You want to bet me a thousand bucks your idea is not going to happen? I don't, we will help fund the damn wall. It can't be built that way. Congress doesn't allow it. I love you, Thank you, you for your call. I love you, too. People don't want to hear it. <laughs> People don't want to hear it. They want to hear their ideas, which is fine. But the fact of the matter is, look, look at what's going on here. 75% of the federal government's been funded. The Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid checks are all going to go out. Federal law enforcement will be funded. The military funded. All essentials of the government funded. 25% of the government is not funded, and of that, a smaller percentage is considered non-essential. The rest of it has to stay. And even under these circumstances, we blink. You won't even know that the federal government is shut down, except for all the media propaganda. So this is a PR thing that McConnell's worried about, that the Republicans are worried about. The President of the United States needs to stare them down. He needs to give a speech to the American people. He needs to explain what's going on in that border. He can go ahead and show the video. He can explain what's happening to jobs for younger kids, college students, and unskilled. He can explain the consequences for our communities. He can also explain that they're fighting over $5 billion when the Democrats will spend $5 billion on anything. We need a coherent strategic message stick to the message make the case but it looks like we're blinking GoFundMe's not going to do it bricks with our names on it that's not going to do it why not Mark what are you blaming me for you can't just start building walls on government property and on private property it doesn't work that way Congress needs to authorize the actions. They won't. So why run from it? Deal with the problem. We have the Senate, they have the House, we have the presidency. But you must communicate, you must articulate the position to the American people. Reagan did it in August of 1981. Got the biggest tax cut in American history, and the Democrats controlled the House. What's the problem here? What is the problem here? I don't know. Lou, Milford, Connecticut, the great WABC. Go ahead. My radio hero. We've had such bad government for so long, we've accepted it as the norm. None of these politicians are held to the oaths that they take. There's two basic questions. We're, we're getting into weeds about funding, but is what we spend currently constitutional? And is the wall constitutional? And what the Democrats want to do, or what other government, kooky government ideas like family leave, are unconstitutional? And that's the message that has to be delivered. Well, by this the battle's been going on, frankly, since the New Deal. 
And the Supreme mm-hmm. Court has ruled time and time and time again it's constitutional, even though it's not. So where do you go? Well, the president has to deliver that president, The president can't change what the Supreme Court has done. I understand that. I, I Look, I'm, you're not going to get an argument from me, and I don't believe in uh, uh, private funding for this matter. This is government's responsibility. It's, it's one of the president's... So he needs to force the appropriating parts of the government to appropriate. We need to stop playing games, stop looking for clever ideas... There needs to be there needs to be a confrontation. And rather than just say, I'll take responsibility for a government shutdown, explain to the American people we are on the right side of this. They're on the wrong side of this. He started asking for twenty five. He came down to five. He came down to one. No more than that. He came down to five and offered one point three million people amnesty. Exactly. I, I the president has to stick to his original promise. He, he does, you know, it, 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 we want him to succeed. We want him reelected. But he is turning away <clears throat> voters that put him into office with this kind of behavior. And these rhinos who've been around forever, they're going to destroy him if he listens to them. He listens to Shelby, and he listens to McConnell, and he listens to, oh, uh, who's the clown from Texas, the senior senator there? John, what's his face? He listens to these guys. Cornyn. They're going to take him down. Because, look, they voted in 2006 to build a wall. They didn't do a damn thing about it. Not a damn thing about it. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Mark, you're very ornery tonight. I'm not ornery. I believe in getting these things done. I'm not going to be chasing uh, uh, ideas that have no effective way of being implemented. I could sit here and say, you know what, that's a great idea. We ought to do it. It's a great idea, but we can't do it. Bricks with people's names on it? Not going to happen. Go fund me? Okay, but fine. We can't condemn private property. Government has to condemn private property in order to build that wall. The zoning issues that take place and all the rest of it. It can't be done purely privately. And damn no, I pay a hell of a lot of taxes, don't you? It's about time they're spent the right way. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Got the perfect Christmas gift for you, for your spouse, for your father, your mother. And I'm sitting in it. It's my ex chair. It's hard to describe this chair. But in every way, it is built for the human body. And in every way, it's adjustable to your human body. Your neck, your shoulders, your back, your lower body. No other chair is like this. No other chair is like this. And for many people who spend a lot of time at their desk, it's a life-changing event. I'm not kidding. It is the perfect gift. Whoever receives it will enjoy it, will appreciate it every single day of every hour they sit in it. I have to sit in a chair to do the radio show 
and to write my books. This is hours and hours a day. I don't think I could keep this up but for my X chair. They're beautiful. They come in multiple colors. They're a hundred bucks off for Christmas. Take my advice and check it out. Seriously. It's not too late to order in time for Christmas. And the X chair, as I said, is now $100 off. Go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or call their toll-free number, 1-844-4X-CHAIR. That's xchairlevin.com. Check out all the chairs they have there, all the different colors and styles. Or give them a call. They have a wonderful customer service, folks. 1-844-4X-CHAIR. I never recommend anything that I don't use myself. We've had a lot of products that have been sent my way. I reject the vast majority of them. Another chair product, by the way. But this chair, the X chair, I am telling you, I'm 61 years old. This is it, baby. An X chair comes with a 30-day, no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So there's no risk at all. Take my word for this. Mr. Bedus will tell you the same thing. Go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR. And if you mention Levin footrest, you'll get a free footrest too, which I use. But the key is the chair. The key is the chair. That's 1-844-4X-CHAIR, or go to xchairlevin.com right now, You need to act quickly. It's already Tuesday evening. But I'm telling you, you're going to love this chair, or the person who gets it's going to love it. It's great for the neck, shoulders, mid-back, lower back, and the tuchus area. I'm not kidding. It's all adjustable, flexible. It's stiff in the right places. It's soft in the right places. It's flexible in the right places. This is serious and enormously comfortable. All right. Let's see if I can pull up. Oh, there it is, the call screen. You wouldn't believe the issues I have to deal with here. All right, let's see here. Bill, Richmond, Washington, the great KFLM. How are you? I'm doing good, Mark. Love you and need you every day. Thank you. Uh, my comment is uh, Republicans uh, know that no matter what they do, for decades now, the left will demonize them. Um, when do they stop caring about the political fallout and start doing what's right? I hold mm-hmm. them accountable and in contempt. I, I agree with you. And why don't they learn from the past? The greatest vote-getter in modern history, not just modern Republican history, was Ronald Reagan. Massive popular vote wins, massive electoral college wins. We hadn't seen anything like it. And he was the most conservative president in modern history. And the government was shut down six times. He wanted his MX missile system. He wanted the Trident submarine system. He wanted to cut out water projects. He wanted to cut spending. He communicated with the American people. He set an example that this administration can use. I don't know why they won't. Yes, sir. Nancy Pelosi can't communicate in complete sentences. She's a bird brain. 
Chuck Schumer comes across like a crotchety old buffoon. He can't communicate in any coherent way. The, 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 the genius of giving a speech that is prepared, that is practiced, that hits all the points you need to hit, is you're using the presidential bully pulpit in a way that Pelosi and Schumer cannot. It doesn't matter what the press says afterwards. The American people will have heard what you have to say. And I really think this needs to be done. And it needs to be done in other contexts as well. Whether it's Mueller and spending. But let's at least try it once here. Let's try it when it comes to immigration and spending. So why won't they do it, Bill? Yes, sir. Damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. Well, why won't they? They got nothing to lose. Why won't they? They got nothing to lose. Answer me. Why won't they? Because you know what? They're, 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 They're so used to being punched around. And in the case of McConnell, he doesn't give a crap. He really, he does not share our concerns and our values. He just does not. So the president needs to force it upon everybody. And that speech should be given Friday evening. Friday evening. In my humble opinion. Thank you for your call, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, ICE, Border Patrol, all of you folks out there. Check out our brand new Levin TV. It's really terrific. And I will see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you, and be well.